thank you for once again tuning in to Sales Therapy. Uh, last week, we had such a good conversation about customer service that we actually ended up talking way too long about it. And uh, it's going to be a two-part episode. So without any further ado, we're just going to jump right back into our conversation on customer service. pivot a little bit and let's talk about what good customer service is and maybe a little bit of, of what good customer service isn't. So let's start with talking about listening. Um, I don't think it's possible to provide good customer service if you're the one doing most of the talking. There are going to be times where you're the one doing a lot of the talking, but certainly in the early phases of a client relationship, how are you going to provide service when you don't know what they want? Oh, sorry. I was just listening. <laughs> Perfect. Good customer service. <laughs> sure. And with that, it comes with, I mean, having good questions to ask. Um, if you're just getting started, find people that have been in your industry and ask them, hey, what what do you ask your customers about to get them engaged? You know, people want to know that you, one, know what you're doing, but also that you are genuinely interested. Um, and so, it you know, it takes... It takes some time to get there, but ultimately that's, you know, I think that leads into your ability to effective or to deliver effective solutions, to be a good problem solver, which in turn ultimately allows you to be, to do that in a prompt manner. You know, if you're constantly, you know, getting back to somebody weeks later, well, that kind of isn't going to bode well for your future. I think way too often salespeople get trapped into a particular script or, or a particular way of, of handling business to the point that, that every conversation that comes in, every client that you meet, you're trying to fit them into the exact same box because maybe you're really comfortable with it. Maybe it's your niche. Maybe it's what you're best at, which again, there, there's kind of room for all that, but I think you can run the risk of trying to provide the wrong solution to the wrong problem because you're not really listening up front. And, and you mentioned listening, but also pairing listening with having the right questions. I think that's kind of the secret sauce to being really, really good at, at sales. And honestly, one of the best questions that's out there is a really simple one. Why? Not just what do you want, well, why is that important to you? Why is that what you're looking for? That question in, in real estate, especially, um, I can't say especially, just for me, because it's what I know. Hey, we want a four bedroom house with a basement. Oh, that, that's great. Why do you want the basement? What are you gonna use that for? What you may find through that question is, well, we want like a man cave area. We want a place where the kids can hang out. We want a gym. We want wh whatever it is. And all of a sudden you may find, oh, you know, what if we didn't find a basement? What if we found a house with an apartment over the garage that could be turned into that? What if we found a house with this? All of a sudden it gets you kind of understanding the deeper wants for your client, not just the, the kind of surface level. Mm -hmm. And it lets you really tailor solutions to them because you've listened and you understand, not just four bed house with a basement. That's all I'm looking for. We may miss out on the perfect house because I wasn't 
I've kind of because I was being lazy, if we're being honest, kind of because I wasn't asking the right questions and wasn't really listening. Yeah, when when a prospect would say no, you know, a lot of times it doesn't mean like no, never. It's, you know, no right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, being able to ask why in a, you know, in, in a way that com- doesn't come across is just like, well, why are you blowing me off? <laughs> you know, it's like if somebody says, hey, you know, no, I'm not interested. You know, an easy response can can be, look, I totally understand. You know, I just understand like why is right now not a good time because I want to make sure that, you know, if there's an opportunity to follow up with you at a later date, like I want to be able to do so. Um, and so I think that's, you know, I know in my experience, like that was always something that led to the door opening a little bit or just enough. Um, and so that's something just to keep in the back of your mind is like, just because somebody says no, if you if you just take it at face value, like you're probably not going to be in sales very long. <laughs> yeah. If you let no be the end of the relationship, just, all right, we are no longer speaking ever. You're going to miss out on a lot of deals that the, the, the answer wasn't really no, it was just not right now. <laughs> so let's pivot a little bit and, and talk about different personality types. And we, we hit on this a little bit earlier, but you can run the same plan, the same campaign, you can talk the same way to two different people and it be received totally differently. You're into somebody that's like a strong type A person. And when I think about this, I think about doing for sale by owner calls, cold calls. You're calling somebody who says, I don't like realtors. I don't want to work with a realtor. I can do this myself. Guess what's going to happen when you start that conversation with, hi, how are you today? Looks like you have a house for sale. That's that's so great. Click. Yeah. It's, it's over. Immediate they, results. They, they don't like That you. no does mean no. That no means no, and you better not call back. But they don't care how you're doing. They don't care that you pretend to care how they're doing. Who are you? What do you want? Just get to it. You may actually open up a, a meaningful conversation at that point if you can actually provide some kind of description of why you can provide service to them that they can't do themselves. But if you just started out with, oh, I'm great today. Oh, looks like you have... A family, there's a, they don't care. <laughs> that, that's not what they're there to talk about. Now, you take that to the total other side. You take that approach, the direct, like, who are you? What do you want? With a, maybe a friendly referral. They're going to think, well, this guy's just like the most salesy jerk in the world. You've got to have kind of different gears. You've got to have uh, my First broker almost called it, you got to have multiple personalities to be good at this business. You kind of have to have a little bit of a disorder to be good at this. It's true. It's true. I mean, yeah, you got to, you got to be, you got to, you have to be able to pivot. Pivoting is extremely important. You know, for example, like that, that sale, uh, first sale by owner example you're talking about is if you open up with, you know, hey, sir, I'm so-and-so with such and such company you know, from, from my research, X percentage of individuals that uh, started out on a for sale by owner that enlisted an agent are able to sell their house, you know, this much quicker for this much more money. Would love to see if there's an opportunity to help you out. It's probably going to come across a little bit better than if you go to what you were saying. Hey, man, I see you got a 
family and kids. Your house is on the market. Looks like he's been on the market for a while. Maybe you want to hire an agent. You probably aren't going to get even to the agent part. No. Click long before that. <laughs> so how... So talking about these different things, like different strategies, different issues and stuff like that. And so I was like, how do we like tie this back into the service part, part of it, right? So what's ultimately that takeaway for our listeners, right? So we know, hey, it's you got to have good questions. You got to be able to, to put you on your listening ears, right? I tell my kids all the time. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> um, you got to be able to to be empathetic, prompt, and an effective problem solver. But you also have to draw boundaries. How does that tie back to the overall customer service mantra? So it's it's a little cheesy, but um, in sales training, a lot of times they'll talk about the platinum rule. Not, not the golden rule, but the, the platinum rule. The golden rule is, of course, treat others how you want to be treated. The platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated. Um, and that gets into that whole listening thing. That gets into the whole uh, understanding someone's personality a little bit because you really do need to be able to provide service tailored to each person. Um, I, I try and get gifts from my clients here and there. Um, you know, obviously a, a housewarming gift, something like that. Um, and I want that to be something that they actually want or can use. And that's different for every person. I've got a client who's going to the Cubs game in a couple of weeks. I got them tickets because they're from Chicago originally and are big Cubs fans. So it's like, oh, that would be perfect for them. Um, Braves tickets to a bunch of my other clients would be like, what am I supposed to do with these? <laughs> hey, baseball. So it's about knowing your client not just to provide gifts, but even throughout the process of the transaction, just starting to understand how do you like to be talked to? If, if a problem comes up, how are you going to want me to handle a problem? Are you going to want me to figure out how to solve it first and then come to you with a solution? Do you want to be a part of that process? It, it's different for every person. It's different for every client. And, and I'm sure you've seen it on your side too, but you get that wrong and that client relationship is is over a lot of times. You, you got to nail that part. Yeah, so I, th I think that all of this really boils down to communication. At the end of the day, communication is key. From the minute you start that relationship to the very end. Um, and, uh, and I would also say, like, as someone that's getting into sales, or even if you've been in it for 20 years, I would say the person that's been in it for 20 years would, would agree is, you know, when you're, um, you know, you have to be willing to look in the mirror and improve the areas of your life that you don't like, or that you find out that you get feedback from other people that, Hey, look, maybe there's a better way to do so. Um, so I think customer service is communication. I think customer service is being willing to look in the mirror and improve the areas of your, of, of your professional and personal life that, you know, need to be improved. Bible talks about take every thought captive and present it to the Lord, like do that. Um, and, you know, hopefully some of the other things that we've talked about today are, are beneficial or helpful um, because ultimately like we have experienced sales enough between the two of us. Again, we're not the end all be all sales gurus by any shape 
uh, anyway. But you know, we've been in we've been in the uncomfortable seats. We know that there's a lot of things that can go wrong. We've had the things go wrong that can go wrong, <laughs> um, and so hope, hopefully that the you know the the takeaway here is that um, you know that you walk away with some some opportunities to um, improve your situation or grow. When you talked about an uncomfortable seat, so let's let's land the plane with with one of the more uncomfortable seats in customer service. Is the customer always right? Yeah, no. <laughs> I would love to believe that it is, but I think that's one of the biggest myths in all of sales. And the reason, all right, and I can back this up with the fact is, um, I did have a boss. We didn't always see eye to eye. But one thing that he said that I 100% agree with is that people are dying to be led. Mm. And if you take the mentality that customer is always right, you will never lead your customer. Yep. Therefore, you won't have a customer. Well, and I think it... For long. <laughs> from the other side of it, too, if you are an expert at writing insurance policies, your client is not. Right. They they need someone to provide expertise. They need someone to provide guidance. They need someone to say, I don't think that's the right path for you. How do you actually have those conversations? I mean, what does it look like when someone comes to you and says, I want blank, and you're sitting there with a lot of years of experience and knowledge saying, no, you don't. You, you might think you do, but you don't. How do you actually have that conversation? Having difficult conversations with your client is just something that you you just learn how to do. And honestly, I don't think they're really set. They're difficult. It's just that you have, like, they want to see you as an expert in whatever you're helping them with. And so when you come to the table, it's not that you have to be like the know-it-all. It's present them with with the facts, right? So it's like we had a uh, situation um, in at work the other week where we were asked a question and, you know, my default response was to give them just an answer. And here's why you need it or didn't need it. And I learned through one of my coworkers that, hey, it's it's not necessarily that we have to tell them that we're right and here's why. It's let's give them all of the opportunities to make the decision on their own. But like, let's back it up with facts as to why they may want to make one decision over the other, but ultimately let them make it, right? So it's like this like yin and yang of like both telling and asking. Um, and so I think that's really where, um, you know, you help. I think that's really where you start to separate yourself from a salesperson and really become, I hate this phrase, but the whole trusted advisor. Um, but it truly is. I mean, you become, you know, more than just the person that they bought a house from or a car from or insurance from or whatever, you know, insert item from. It's They trust you because you're willing to kind of stick your neck out there. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've had plenty of examples or instances when you're helping someone find a house like you talked about earlier. Well, the, the question really becomes, are you just going to tell clients what they want to hear? Or are you going to tell them the truth? And you mentioned it when we were talking through the, the holy hustle, like telling them the truth doesn't have to be mean. It doesn't have to come across as rude. But you do have to tell the truth. You, you can't sugarcoat everything and you're actually doing a disservice to your client by not telling them the truth. And, and so if you do see them 
making a decision, going towards purchasing something that you know is not going to serve their needs in the long run, you're doing a pretty bad job of customer service by just saying, yes, whatever you want. Real customer service in that situation is, I understand that this is what you're looking at. Why don't we talk through this thing that you want and several of the alternatives? And yes, you're kind of hoping that they see it themselves there. The tough part comes when you kind of lay it all out and they still want the thing that you're like, I, I know this is not right. I know this is not going to work. That's when kind of rubber meets the road and you may have to say, look, I understand that this is what you want. I can't in good faith provide that. So if you want somebody that's just going to sell you whatever you want, you can find a lot of them, but it's not me. Yeah, I would say also though, on the flip side to that specific example is there's times when you will be in those situations and it's not a matter of good faith, bad faith. It's just a matter of like, you can't make the decision for your customer. There's time, like there's times where, you know, and, and I think every salesperson needs to keep this in the back of their mind. It's like, you're not in the business of making your customers' decisions. Yeah. You are in the position of providing all the relevant information that they need to make what they feel is the best decision. Um, now, obviously, if it's a life or death type situation or something like that, you you know, you might want to stand your ground, right? Thankfully, I'm not involved in too many of those in right. selling houses. We're not, <laughs> we're not doctors. We're not here saving lives. Uh, you know, we may be helping uh, improve situations, but life-saving is not one of our, uh, one of our jobs uh, outcomes. Not yet. Once again, we want to thank you so much for listening. We hope that as we discuss customer service today, it gave you at least a couple nuggets of maybe how you can refine what you're doing in customer service, maybe what you can add to your repertoire as, as someone who hopes to build a business based on good customer service. And as always, we want to hear from you. So if there's something that you strongly agreed with or, or you know, maybe even strongly disagreed with, um, we just want to hear from you on that. So shoot us an email, salestherapypod at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media at salestherapypod. We, we'd love to hear what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, or maybe what you want to hear us do in the future. And we'll be sure to be empathetic, listen, and provide great customer service. That's what we do. That's what the Sales Therapy Podcast is all about. We want to give thanks once again to Pat Sullivan at It's Pat Soul uh, for providing music for this episode. We want to thank Katie Moody at Katie Moody Photo for all the design work that she's done for the podcast. Uh, and again, we want to thank you, the listeners, for being out there and engaging with us. So I'm Lanier Ward. And I'm Jonathan Post. And we will see you at our next session.